And it's important for us to understand that because we've been in a series about um, you can't keep it unless you give it away. That's an oxymoron, right? It's like jumbo shrimp, right? It's the whole thing that most people want to keep what they have. But it's important that if you've come to know Jesus Christ, you can't keep it. It's something that has to be shared with other people. And that's what we're talking about here in Recovery House of Worship Brooklyn. If Jesus Christ has come into your life in a very real way and has set you free, then therefore freedom reigns. And because freedom reigns, you need to share that with somebody else. It's important for us to understand that as we begin to interact today. I'm going to start out in a very simple way. Some of you know some stories. I'm going to tell some stories, and if you know the character that I'm talking about, just shout it out, okay? It's real simple. I'm going to tell you a couple of few stories, and I'm going to jump into the text and begin to understand. But here's the big idea today so that you know. Every single person in this room has a story to tell. Every single person in this room has a story to tell. And if you're in Christ, your story has greater weight because your story is his story. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's start out. There's this brother who lures another brother into a field, and he stands over his body with a bloodied rock. Who is it? Cain and Abel. Okay, you guys are good so far. One for one. Okay, next one. This guy's very comfortable in where he is living. He's having a good time. He is prospering. God appears to him and says, pick up your stuff and move. I'm going to take you to a place where? All right. Come on, people. Here we go. Two for two. Next one. This brother has a dream. Come on. You got to let me finish the story. You got to let me finish the story. You got to let me finish the story. All right. Next one. All right. Next one, this mother refuses to follow the law that's been passed. She takes her baby and puts him in a basket. Uh, you see how good you guys are? It's really important that you understand that each story captures our attention. Why? Because each story is not a story that stands alone. It's part of God's plan. It's part of God's plan from the very beginning. Listen to me. You're not listening today. Pay attention right here. Your story is God's story. Your story, these stories that you just heard, it's really important. Listen, God made people because he loves stories. And, And it says, Aristotle says that if the soul of a story is its plot, then we must agree that the heart of a story is the lesson it teaches us. And it's so important to understand that. But every story has to answer these three questions. First, how did it start? And what happened next and next? And then how did it turn out? Your story is his story. Each one in this room has a story to tell. And in order for you to share that story, as you heard last week, we need the power of the Holy Spirit because there are questions that we can't answer, but no one can refute your personal experience. If you were once blind and now you see, it wasn't because you went to the ophthalmologist. If you were broken and now you're healed, it wasn't because the doctor went and fixed something because a broken heart nobody can fix. 
except the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. No, no one can bring direction to someone who's confused and, and misled. Only God can come in and put you on a path that he has ordered and guide you along the way. So the Holy Spirit was important and still is to this day because he said to them, do not go anywhere until you have the power to witness. He told them, go into this room and hang out there and cry like you are in need of something. How many of us have cried like we're in need of something? How many of us have spent some time in the presence of God? And I'm not talking about that you need him to love you more or her to love you more. I'm talking about that you need God. That you need the presence of God in your life in such a way. So no matter when nothing is going right in your life, that you know you got him. And if you got him, you got it going on. Two things. The story of God is your story. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of salvation. It's a story of provision. And it's a story of transformation. Some of you are not the same you were yesterday. Some of you are not the same you were last week. Some of you are still wallowing in samehood. You need to move out of that neighborhood. If you're in Christ, you need to begin to change the way you talk. Change the way you think. Change the way you behave so that he can get the glory because his story is about change. And a lot of us don't like change. We get comfortable. That's why we wear the same shirt over and over again. That's why we wear the same shoes over and over again. They're comfortable. I don't know about you, but I don't like to buy shoes and then I have to wear 10 Band-Aids to make them work. <laughs> I'm talking to the ladies, I guess, right? Only they laugh. But, but it's important, right? Isn't it like that when you find something good and something comfortable, you stick with it? It's important that you understand that Jesus Christ sometimes is going to be uncomfortable. The gospel is going to be uncomfortable sometimes. But here's what I do know, that when you tell your story to someone else, they can refute, they can argue religion, and let them argue religion all they want. But you know what has happened to you. Since you've walked into these doors, since you began to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a freedom that's begun to happen. There is a God conscience that you begin to have. What you used to do that felt good doesn't feel good anymore. Some of us are still doing it and deal with the guilt afterwards. Listen to me. The enemy wants to keep you there. The enemy wants to keep you in your guilt and shame and keep you away from this gathering. Wants to keep you away from hearing the truth because the truth sets us free. Freedom does reign in Christ Jesus. For those who are in Christ, you are free to be able to say no to those things that held you bondage before. The will of God is to set people free. Whatever you are, listen, I believe wholeheartedly, and that's why this ministry has been established, that the addict can recover. The addict can be functional. You could pay your bills on time. You could get cleaned up, and not only that, but you can share your faith, your strength, and your hope with someone else. But I want to talk to you a little bit today about that. I want to let you know that your story has been penned in heaven. It's God who has written this story. And all you have to do is discover the direction that he's leading you. Listen, young people, I wish that I would have listened to God at 15 years old. I ran for 14 years, did stuff that I don't even want to talk about. 
But the reality is that at 15, I thought I had it going on. I thought I knew everything. I thought I knew more than my mother and father. Come on, young people. Come on. Like, like, like they're too square. They don't know what's going on, right? Suddenly at 15, me and my friends knew more than my father and my mother. Where our combined ages still didn't make up their age. All their experience. So if you're here and you're under the age of 20, hear me, please. You don't have to bump into walls to get it right. You don't have to go down a path that you don't know what's going to happen to you. Listen, ask the people in here that have been broken and hurt. Ask them when it happened. Ask them when their lives began to take a turn. It began to take a turn when they disobeyed God by not honoring their mothers and their fathers. So I'm asking you, if you're under the age of 20, I don't even know what 20 looks like for me anymore. I passed that a long time ago. But I do know that at 20... I needed help and didn't know where to go. I had no idea because someone did not share their story with me. And every one of you in this room has a story to tell. And I want you to tell it. I want every person in this room to leave here today with a burning desire. No, 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 not that kind of burning desire. But a burning desire to tell your story. If God story is about provision in your life, then tell that story. If it's about redemption, then tell that story. If God has healed you, then tell that story. If God has restored you, then tell that story. But here's what happens a lot of times. Don't leave him out of that narrative. Don't leave him out of that story because here's what you did in your mess. You said, God help me. And he did. So how would you leave them out of the story? How would you leave them? We are just bit characters in his directive. He's putting things. He's moving things in place. He's the one that's calling the shots. And every now and then you try to ad lib and you get yourself in trouble. And he's saying, stick to the script. Stick to the script. I've laid it out for you. Just follow it this way. I am faithful to my word. I will keep you if you keep my word. If you honor me, I will honor you. I will empower you to be more than a conqueror. I will empower you to say no to those things that you once said yes to. I know change doesn't feel good. <laughs> it doesn't feel good, but it has to happen. When confronted with the truth for a man not to change... Is detrimental not only to you, but those around you. It's a wonder why we wind up alone, because we're stuck on this path. It's almost like tracks have been established, and we try to run out of it. Like a train can only run on one track until someone pulls a switch. God is pulling the switch today. I, I want you to leave this place and tell your story. And maybe you're saying, Pastor, I don't got a story to tell. Then today is the day in which you open up that book and allow God to write your story out where he gets the glory. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Glory be to God. Amen? Amen. Matthew 28, 18, 20 is the Great Commission and it's his story. It's not going to be on the screen. I'm just going to read it really quick. Everybody has heard this over and over again. And I want to lay it out so that you understand. And then we're going to jump to Jeremiah. And then we're going to jump to Mark. So, I mean, to John. So try to stay with me. Keep your fingers where you can. And just make a note of this. Listen. Don't believe me. Don't believe me. Read the word. Ask questions. Engage in the truth. You see, in the old times, there was only one Bible. 
and the king probably had it. And the king didn't like what it said. He didn't read it to you. And then if you went to a service where it was spoken in a language you didn't understand, you still left not knowing. I want to pique your interest. I want to stir up inside you something that would allow you to go to God's word. His love letter penned to you so you could see how every story that I just mentioned briefly is knitted together because it's his story. It's been leading all the way, not only to the cross, but to the abundant life that we all want to experience, but don't know how to access. It's not found in Macy's. It's not found in Home Depot. You can't put it together. Only Jesus Christ can come into your life and fix up the mess that it is and strain it out and put you on a path in which you can begin to flex your spiritual muscle and say, no more, Satan. You're not going to trick me with that no more. Come on now. He doesn't change up on you. He knows exactly what you like, and he can stangle it in there. He changes the color of the dress. He changes the color of the perfume. He tells you this is what's good, and you say, wait a minute. And I'm telling you that what looks good is not necessarily good for you. It's you at living. It's the enemy coming into your life and saying, come on, follow this script. And God is saying, yo, action over here. Amen. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Here's the big deal. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Everybody say obey. Obey. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In other words, when you tell your story, you're not alone. God is with you because it's his story. He, he wants you to be able to tell your story, but he doesn't want you to go and tell your story in which the story is all about you. You've heard people like that, right? Listen, here's a, here's a gift, young ladies. If you go out to dinner with somebody and all they do is talk about themselves, check, please. Okay? Get out of there. It's real simple. Okay? It's really important that you understand that your story is his story. But this that I just read to you is not a New Testament concept. Turn to Jeremiah. It will be on the screen and is in your sermon map. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 9. Jeremiah was a prophet called by God. And in the Old Testament times, what used to happen is that God awakened people in the middle of the night interrupted their miserable lives. I'm talking to somebody. He interrupted their miserable lives and said, okay, you're no longer going to do what you want. Now you're going to do what I need you to do. Okay? And, and a lot of them didn't uh, respond, you know, with, with you know, kind words. It was always doubting who they were and what they were supposed to be doing. But when God is about to make a move, listen to me. He's going to target the individual. He's going to target you sitting in your seat to change your life so that others can look at you and say, what happened to you? And that's your opening to tell your story, to share with the people that are around you what has happened to you. Where did you go? What spa did you go to? You know, what vacation do you attend? What university did you go to? Do you realize that the disciples didn't go anywhere except to be with Jesus? And those around them were confused and said, man, these guys, this guy's a fisherman, this guy's crazy, this guy's not, you know, but they've been with Jesus. When you are with Jesus, something happens to you. 
You are no longer the same. Something just clicks. There's something that happens inside you. You, The the scales in your eyes are removed and you begin to, to have, listen to me, if you truly have received Jesus Christ in your life and you're here and you truly want your life to be changed, there's only one way, only one truth, and only one life that you need to embrace. And that is in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Jeremiah says, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, this was the moment in which God spoke to him. I love this verse. Listen to this. Because it's speaking to you in your seat. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now imagine that. That God is speaking to you like that today. And it said, listen, before you were even a thought in your mother and father, before something happened between them, I knew you. I knew you. And I, listen, it goes on to say that he formed you. He put things in place. Listen to me. I know some of us, if we had the money, we would do plastic surgery. I met someone the other day. I met someone the other day, and I guess... (laughs) All right, I'm sorry about that one. I met someone the other day who um, had heard about me, and here's how I was greeted. I thought you were taller. I thought you were bigger. And I said, well, I've been met with that a lot. But you know what? They said the same thing about Paul. They said the same thing about Paul. And Paul became the, the, the foremost church planter in history. And it's not about stature. It's about God's story. God's story for me. God's story for you. Amen? Amen. Then Jeremiah responded, Sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Now, Jeremiah is saying, I can't do this. And maybe you haven't told your story because you think you can't do it. If you understand today that it's not your story, it's his story. His story for you. It is his story that set you free from addiction. It is his story that allowed you to enter a room where other addicts were sharing and you felt like, hey, people really love me here. A church where you can come as you are and sit any way you want and, and, and be able to hear a message of love and hope and strength. It's about that. God is the one that made that provision. When you couldn't pay for your sin debt, he made that provision at the cross, at Calvary. He he nailed himself to the cross. It wasn't the Romans. It was himself. He saw you better than you see yourself. He formed you. He made you. He created you. He established things for you. Here's when we got into trouble. When we ad-lib, we've gotten in trouble. And you know when someone's ad-libbing, when they start stuttering. 
the FBI says that when a person is lying, they look up to the right before they speak. That's because they're accessing the story part of their brain. I just gave you a hint now, right? Thanks for sharing. You, you, get, you get all kinds of stuff here, okay? Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. God wants to put his word in your mouth. Today, he wants to, uh, you're tongue-tied, your little tongue, you know, you know, you can't share with people. And I want to talk to you a little bit about why you can't share and then tell you how to share today. Amen? Can we do that together? Amen? Praise God. Let's just bow our heads briefly because what I want to do is I want to invite the presence of God. I don't want you to be distracted from here on in. I want you to silence your phones. I want you to tell the person not now. I want you to forget about the sound of the fan. I want you to stop thinking about the food you're going to eat later. I want you to focus right now on what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. It is not coincidence that you are here. There is a message that God wants to speak into your life today that will not only give Give you the freedom to speak, but the power to affect the lives that are around you. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, I come against every thought, every feeling that is not of you. Enter this room. Blow upon us. Release us from every thought and feeling, God. And allow your word to nestle in our hearts. Lord, let us not be distracted. Let us not look to the left or to the right right now, but to focus on the message. Lord, hide me behind you. Let me not be a distraction. Let your presence be felt in this room. And let that individual that has walked in here today, that has not been able to tell their story, thinking that it's their story, Lord, be free today to share their story. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen Amen. and amen. God's story is a story about redemption. We could not redeem ourselves from the mess we were in, but here's what I want to tell you. You don't redeem something that doesn't have value. Every single person in this room has value. The redemption is important for you to understand because I know that oftentimes somebody will tell you that you're not worth anything. Someone will speak some negative stuff into your life. And, and I don't, you know, what happens, they say that, you know, I can tell you ten nice things, but someone tells you one bad thing, and you'll run with that forever. And I want to encourage you today that when that happens, run to Jesus. When that occurs in your life, run to him because the fact that you have been redeemed the fact that you have been set free, the provision was made, a price was paid for what you had done. Amen. Yeah, yeah, you did it, not me. You did it. You did your mess. You got yourself in trouble. Nobody else. You could have said no at any given time. You could have resisted at any given time, but something drew you that way. It wasn't God. It was something inside you that stirred you up that wanted you to go that way. But I know that in the midst of what Romans 8.28 says, that God is going to take your mess and work it out into something. Why? Because it's his story. No one else could have saved you from that mess. No one else can help you to be sane. No one else can allow you to put year after year after year in your recovery uh, process when you were addicted to 12 packs a day. No one can do that but Jesus Christ. So, so it's important for us to understand that. Amen? There's a continuum that happens, right? 
we, we, we start out here, and, and God is leading us in, in a direction here. And along the way, we begin to let go of some things. We begin to, to say no to some things. And, and listen, this is not about, you know, saying no to, to things and then feeling sorry because you said no. It's saying no to things and realizing that the one is asking you to say no is asking you to say yes to him. Because his story is one of victory. His story is one is where you can be overcomers. His story is one where God can, can make a, a, a way. Man, I was so moved the other day, right? I, I listened to the testimony of Justin Bieber's mother. Any, anybody know who Justin Bieber is, right? You know, kid. So the point is that she was a teenage mom, and they had told her to get an abortion. They had told her, you're too young, you can't take care of this kid, get an abortion. And she said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And guess who was born? How many stories have you heard? You know, you've heard Tim Tebow's story, right? It's not his story, it's God's story. He whispered it to the mother's ear and said, no, I am greater than anything else you see going on around you. Anything that's going on in your life, I'm going to take it and I'm going to straighten it out. All you got to do is follow the script. Don't get confused. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't allow the situations in your life to, you know, to beat you down to the point where you don't want to give up. Right? How many of us at, on any given day would like to draw the shades and curl up in bed and not do anything? Come on now. It's all right to raise your hand in this room. It's all right. Listen. <laughs> That's where the enemy wants to keep you. He wants to keep you silent. He wants to keep you from telling your story. He, he wants to keep you from negating the story that he has written, penned in heaven for you. I look around and I see a lot of people in this room that I've known before. And now you're starting to walk in the door and you're starting to walk slowly and that's okay. And some of you have gotten it from the very beginning and that's okay too. I want you to realize that in the midst of everything, as we're sharing this series with you, we want you to share your story with others. Amen. We want you not to be concerned about what they're going to think or what they're going to say. You're not here to argue religion. You're here to tell them, this is what happened to me, and it can happen to you. Amen. And that's huge. Now, the big deal here is your story authentic enough to be told. Is there evidence of this transformation that is happening in your life? Is the change evident in such a way that people are looking at you up and down, and it's not the dress, it's not the shoes, it's not the hairdo. There's something that's coming out from you now that is different than it was before. If that's you, you need to tell your story. But if you're still struggling with some insecurities, if you're still struggling with, you know, the fact that, man, you know, I'm not sure if I want to tell this, you know, it's a little ugly. Yeah, it's ugly if it's about you. It's not ugly if it's about God doing something in you, through you, and around you. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I've given you a sermon map, and I want you to be able to turn to it now because at the very bottom of the first page, there's two pages to it, a front cover. It says, what are the things that hinder my ability to tell my story? What are those things that get in the way from telling my story? If you have a pen, you should write these things down. This sermon map is not paper for you to discard. 
It's for you to go back and be able to share and prepare yourself, and God is going to use you to tell your story. So the first thing there, the things that hinder me from telling my story is I think it's about me. I think it's about me. In a way, it is about you, but it really is about him working in you, through you, and around you. It's not about you. You are not the star of this show. You are a mere actor in what God wants to do. Last week, Pastor Raymond spoke about the, the power to witness and needing the Holy Spirit. I just read to you about the Great Commission and how the mission is that we go out and share the gospel, share the truth about what has happened to us. And the Great Commission is a great co-mission. God wants to partner with you to tell this story. God wants you, listen, he can do it all on his own, but he wants you sitting in your chair to be able to go and speak to the people that you once knew about what has happened to you. And given the time, you can be able to do that as you wake up in the morning asking God to put somebody in your path that you can share your story. And here's what I'm pushing back on. Is your story authentic? Or did you just change one outfit for another? Or, or, or are you hiding in the church? Because we're not that big yet. In this room, you get found out really quick. <laughs> you get found out really quick. And, 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 and not only do you get found out really quick, but here's what I notice about us, right? You know, sheep, you know, a symbolically figurative language, right? Sheep are dumb, right? Y'all, y'all dumb. Y'all, y'all, y'all been posting everything on Facebook. You know, or Twitter. I went to the bathroom. Like, like who wants to know that stuff? Seriously, sheep are dumb. You know, if it's something that you're still struggling with, You reach out to your prayer network, not on social network, right? It's so important that you understand that. So the first thing is, I think it's about me. The next thing is, I don't think my story is worth telling. That's the next thing that hinders us, right? I I talked to a couple of young people who uh, grew up in the church, not this church, but other churches, and they were like, well, I don't know. I don't have a story to tell. And I'm saying, are you kidding me? The, the keeping power of Jesus Christ is a story to tell. That, that you didn't go and hang out with your friends late at night. That you didn't go off and do something like I did. You, that's your story. That God's power to keep you is a great story to tell. You know, too many of us want a testimony. Too many of us want to go up there. Let me see. Let me see if this fan chops off my finger. Oh, yeah, it did. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go out there and do that kind of stuff, right? But some of us want a testimony. Some of us, you know, or some of us think, man, man, Pastor, if you did it, man, I can do it too. No, listen to me. Listen to me. The grace that was on my life may not be the grace upon your life. God spared me from that. I didn't test God. I didn't know I was ignorant. 
So I did some stuff unawares. I just thought everybody else was doing it. I'm going to do it too. So God, because he wanted to do something with me down the road, spared me. Right? Gave me a way of escape. Allow me to run. The bullet didn't catch up with me. The knife didn't get through me. You know, all these things that happened to me happened for a reason because it's part of my story of God keeping me. But my story is not your story. That's the new, unique thing about how he takes all these stories, especially from the very beginning of what I shared with you. From Genesis to Revelation, there are stories that he weaves together. Why? Because here's what I know. Jesus Christ came and died on the cross so that we could receive forgiveness, so that we could be set free from our sins. And I also know this, that he is going to return for a church. And here's what I know. Listen to me. The Bible says two will be laying in a bed and one will go and one will stay. Two will be in a field and one will go and one will stay. Sometimes I nudge my wife in the middle of the night. (laughs) You know, I say, honey, you're up. (laughs) You're still here. Or, you know, you get up and you go to the restroom and you wonder, like, where is everybody? It's important that your heart be right with God. So when that moment comes in which he calls and the trumpet sounds, that you're attentive to it. But if you're listening to jazz, you won't hear the trumpet. You don't want to have to hear Louis Armstrong. You want to hear the trumpet heralded by the angels that said, I'm here. I'm returning for a church. I'm returning for a people who are committed to living this life in such a way that no matter what comes their way, they know that it's my story penned in heaven and I have the final say. And it's important for us to understand that. The third thing is, a lot of us think it's something that I've accomplished. A lot of us think that you are where you are because it's something you did. Who gave you the ability to be able to work, to think, to walk, to talk? Who gave you that ability? God did. So because it's something that we accomplish, it hinders us from telling the story. Everybody who starts out a sentence with I is still in the third grade. And it's important for you to understand that. It's not something you accomplish. Listen, honestly, think about it. Go through your mind right now. For those who are recovering addicts, how long, how many detoxes, how many rehabs, how how many times did you fall on your face? For those who are still, you know, in, in relationships now, maybe you're having a good relationship now, how many relationships did you burn? How, how, you know, like finances, how, how, many, how much money did you blow? God has gotten you out of that mess. Now, 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 here's what troubles me, and I told the men this all the time. In fact, I told them this Thursday. If God got you out of that mess, right, and put you over here, this is, you know, it's not exactly what you wanted to be, but it's better than that. Amen. Why would you go back to that? Why would you go back to that? Listen, if he smacked you once, he's going to smack you again. If he lied to you once, he's going to lie to you again. Only God can change a person's heart. Only God can transform a person. 
who is willing to acknowledge that he cannot change without Jesus Christ. That's what hinders you from telling your story because you think it's something you accomplish. You started going to the gym, you worked out a little bit, you got a little bit of muscle, right? So now you're putting on the tank top, you know? You know, I was talking to somebody the other day because the person was telling me, you know, uh, you know um, what was it? It, it, was something about, it was something about, you know, losing weight or something like that. And, and I think I said, you wouldn't know how to act with a nice body. <laughs> hey, I'm not apologizing for that. You wouldn't know how to act like that. So you keep eating your cheese doodles late at night. You keep doing what you're doing because you wouldn't know how to act. God is trying to keep you humble, trying to acknowledge that. So God is doing something in your life to try to get, he wants you to be healthy. But some of you want to get all fixed up so you can wear one size smaller. And that's not cool. Like spandex is the new thing. I don't wear it. Okay? But some of us wear it. You know? And all I'm saying is that we don't know how to act. And God wants to prepare us as he moves us from place to place. Because there's a certain decorum that comes now. There's a certain character when you're in Christ. There's a certain behavior now that, that has to line up with who you've been. If you've been with Jesus, listen to me now. If you've been with Jesus, then you're different. You're different. And I look around, you guys, and some of you guys are trying really hard. And you're giving yourself over to, to devotions. and You're giving yourself over to your family and to, to your friends and to your health and to your growth and to being honest. All wonderful values that maybe right now you're not seeing the result of it, but if you stay the course, if you stick to the script, you're going to see the glory of God manifest itself in your life, through your life, and in the life of others who are in contact with you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Next thing, how do I tell my story? How do I tell my story? Flip it over on your sermon map. There are two lines there that you're filling out, and basically it's this. Give credit... Where credit is due. <laughs> Give credit where credit is due. You're not here because you decided to walk that by this old building that's fallen down and walk in here. This is not what happened. Somebody invited you. You heard about this ministry. So give credit where credit is due. Someone inviting you here because maybe you're heading down a path that they don't want you to travel anymore. And they don't know how else to, to, to explain it to you because they've tried till they're blue in the face. They've told you, listen, Bobby, you don't got to act that way no more. Mommy, you don't got to be that way anymore. Come on, honey, let's make this work. And, and, and you're like, you know, I know I don't want to do it like that. No, I'm going to do it my way. You know, you know, and, and, and they're inviting you here so that you can hear that it's not your way. It's God's way. And your way is going to lead you off a cliff. Listen to me. I tell this to the men all the time. Listen to me. The last thing you ever want is to be in a furnished room with no windows looking at the ceiling. Wondering what happened to your relationships. Because that's what happens. You see, the capacity that a person has to tolerate your nonsense is only but so much. 
and it's important for you to change. Only God is long-suffering. My wife is not long-suffering. She's going to leave me if I don't get my act together. Did you understand? Because she deserves better, and she knows that. So why would she settle for, can I use that word, bambalam? No. Listen, if we could use magata, we could use bambalam. The, the, the point is that I'm saying is that you deserve so much better. All of you in this room deserve so much better. But it doesn't happen if you don't move in the direction that you need to move. And if God is asking you to tell your story, then make it an authentic story. And so that he is the one that gets the glory. So you give credit where credit is due. It was God who changed me. It was God who 23 years ago smacked me in the back of my head and I came into the church and heard a message that changed me. I thought personally, listen to me, I thought that I could never be forgiven for the things that I had done. I thought that was my cross and I was going to die with it. That's what I believed. But I walked into a church maybe a little bigger than this. And the man who was speaking spoke to me. In the midst of a crowded room, he unpacked my life. And he said, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you hurt, what you stole, what you lied. I forgive you. And that blew me away. Because I was stuck in a place where forgiveness was not part of my vocabulary. I didn't know how to give it. I didn't know how to receive it. But when he spoke it, he used the story of Peter. And Peter denying Jesus three times. Turning him over to the wolves, literally. One minute he's saying, Yo, I'll cut somebody's ear for you, Bobby. Don't worry about it. And then the next minute he's like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. And the beauty of it is this, guys. That in the midst of what Peter did, when Jesus resurrected, the first person that he wanted to know that he was alive and well, he says, go tell Peter. Go tell Peter that I'm good. That's forgiveness. Somebody who's done you wrong, like I did to God, that he would have a message spoken to my life that would say, I forgive you. That's my story. But it's his story. I don't know nothing about forgiveness. Neither do you. Forgiveness is simply letting go of what has happened, closing the book on that person, on that situation, on that instance, so that you can free yourself. Because freedom does reign, not while you're in a box, wondering how you're going to get even, what you're going to do, or that that person owes you something. That, 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 that person cannot pay you back for what they did. No matter how much they try, and you too, you cannot make up for what you did. Some of you are still trying to please someone that you hurt. That's not authentic living. That's not being transparent. That's not living a life 
that is authentic enough to help that person realize that the change that is happening in you is a change that you couldn't affect. It was a change that happened because you heard the truth and the truth set you free and put you on a path of victory. That's a big deal. Now, how do I tell my story? I give credit where credit is due. Why? Because in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says this. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. You exist because he's allowed you to exist. You were born because he allowed the circumstances of your birth to occur. And you will leave this earth when he says so. God is not done with you yet. He wants you to tell your story. He wants you to share your story. But first you need power to be able to witness, to be able to say what you have to say. I spoke to someone recently who came to my classroom with an upside-down cross, professing she was an atheist. And I was like, honey, do you, uh, is that a fashion statement, or is that, you know, something you believe? She says, yeah, I'm an atheist, man. I said, okay, so, and, and so tell me a little bit about that. Well, I don't believe in God, so you believe there is no God. And then I asked her, well, how did, did you come about? And she said, well, you know, there was this little single cell that crawled on the earth and began to move. So I know where she was coming from, evolution, and, and began to grow and began to grow. And I said, okay, so it crawled on the earth. Where did the earth come from? And she was like, that's got nothing to do with it. I'm talking to you about the cell that came out. I said, okay, but it came out of the water in the earth. Who put the water there? She couldn't explain it. I said, honey, this is what I want you to know. Your upside-down cross offends me. Amen. I'm a Christian. And if it's a fashion statement, then I think you could wear something else that's more fashionable. And at the same time, even if you don't believe, I'm not throwing my faith in your face. You know, the next day, she didn't wear her cross to my class. Amen. You see, if we don't tell our stories, if we don't share with people what we believe so strongly about it, here's the big deal. Do you believe it? Or are you simply trading one outfit for another? Are you just coming here because the movie starts at 2 o'clock? Because it's important, if this is real to you, and it's authentic, if there's been a true conversion in your life, and you are crying out for the Holy Spirit to empower you so that you can tell your story, then tell it in a way that you understand that your story is his story. And whatever has happened, has happened. You can't cry over those things. What you can realize is that even in that mess, even in that situation, even in that prison cell, that hospital bed, that mental institution, in that mess, in that relationship where you thought you weren't going to escape, he was there. Amen. And he drew you out because it's his story 
not your story. Joseph was thrown in a deep well with snakes. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused, went to jail. That was not God's story for him. God's story for him was be that he would be the second in command in a land in which his family would be able to eat and survive. Guys, there are 7 billion and counting. The population, I I researched this, 7 billion people. 33% of those people are Christians. Now, you have to understand that there's a lot of breakdown in Christians. Okay? But 33%, that's not enough. That's not enough. There there are people that need to know the power, the power that's in Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three and one. Close that fist and boom. Let them have it. Don't come to a fight with just a jab, puppy. Because I'm going to just stay there. You got power that has been given to you. If you are truly believing, truly trying to walk this, then tell your story. Here's what I want you to do when you tell your story. Be real. It's an acrostic, R-E-A-L. Be real. Now, for a lot of you, man, I don't know what that means. I've been fake all my life. I've been perpetrating a fraud for a long time. I told you already, in this church, you're going to be found out. I'm going to sniff you out. Yes, I will, right, Mo? I will sniff you out. I will get in your face and ask you the hard questions. Ask, listen, if you're a husband in this room, you better believe I'm asking your wife about you. Now, don't try to prep her in the car to get her ready for me. Don't try to offer her no diamond ring later on. Listen, Pastor Gus is going to ask you, so, you know, don't make me look bad. You know what I mean? I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask your children how you're doing. I'm going to ask. Why? Listen, and I'm not asking you anything that I'm not doing. Ask my wife. She tells you when I'm bugging out. Ask my kids. Ask them. I'm the no man. I start every sentence out with no. You want to stay out late? No. You need money? No. <laughs> of course, I give in later. You know, I tried to, to, to be a different father than my father was. But that change didn't happen by itself. It happened because Jesus Christ came into my life and did something radically. Turned me upside down. All the loose change fell out of my pocket. Okay? It was just something that happened. So when you're going to tell your story, be real. Here's the R. The R is return to those who once knew you in the days of old. Come on now. You ran with some people. You did some stuff. You are different now. And they're still stuck in that lifestyle. Return to them. Go back to them. Share with them what has happened to you. If it's authentic, if it's real, if it's something that has truly taken place in your life where you're not the same person. Now, I'm not saying that you're a holy roller. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying that you're walking on this path now in which what you used to do doesn't appeal to you anymore. It's not something you want to do. You're cleaning out the cupboards. You're changing the way you dress, the way you think, the way you act, the things you say. 
You're really conscious about people today. You really want to be, you know, genuinely affectionate and loving to people around you. And not because you want to get something, but because you want to give it away. And that's so important. The E is establish relationships when, where and when you can tell your story. Some of us don't have relationships that we can talk to people about our story. You know? I, I, I work in a high school. I'm a high school teacher. Praise God. Keep praying for me. It's only five days into the school year, and these kids are crazy. Right? Every time I graduate a class, a new group comes in. I don't know. But you ha- I establish relationships with the people that come in. Right? I listen to them and wait for that God moment in which I can, woo. Because I'm waiting, right? Like you ever have a conversation with somebody and you're just waiting to be able to tell them the answer? (laughs) But you have to let them talk. Because listen, I have the answer. I'm not a know-it-all. I know that Jesus Christ, if you allow him to do what he does best, will change your life. Will do something radically. He will make you a better husband, a better father, a better man. Women, he would make you a better wife. He will make you a better daughter, a sister, or aunt, whatever it is. He will make you much, much better than you ever thought you could be. He will let go of some of those life rules. You know the one, if they don't talk to me, I ain't talking to them. If they don't call me, I ain't calling them. You know what I'm saying? Those are life rules that haven't yielded results that you're looking for. It's so important. Next one is, act as if there is an urgency. This was going to hurt. <laughs> Hell is a real place. It's hard for me to talk about heaven without talking about hell. And hell is not now. It's not what you're experiencing today. Hell is a very real place, gnashing of teeth, where you will never rest and be tormented for the rest of your life. There is an urgency. See, tomorrow is not guaranteed to anybody. People you love will die. And if you love them, why in the world would you not tell them story why would you not at least give them that option to choose you can't continue to invite them into your home to watch a football game and not tell them about Jesus you cannot continue to invite them on outings and not share with them about Jesus tragedy is all around us So there is an urgency, so be real. Act as if there is an urgency. And and, and, and you can even start it out. I loved my mother-in-law. She went to be with the Lord. Everything was about Jesus. She cooking Jesus, making pateles Jesus. Every conversation was about Jesus. Now, mind you, I wasn't saved at the time, so it was annoying to me. But I am the direct result of her telling 
her story. And not being concerned, as you saw in Jeremiah, don't worry about what they're going to think or say. If they truly love you, they will listen to you. And if you truly love them, you will tell them your story. And then finally, love them enough to tell them the truth about your story. I can't tell you enough about this only to tell that you have a story to tell and how tragic it is when we allow things to hinder us from telling our story. God wants to empower you today, loosen your tongue, give you the boldness and the freedom to share your story, but here's the big deal. Your story is his story. His story. There are mothers who have prayed for you. I'm not just talking about your mother. I'm talking about historically church mothers. When I first walked by a church, I saw nothing but women praying. And I literally thought, listen to me, I thought church was for women. But I realized what they were doing. They were crying for the men, for their sons, for their husbands. Because I know for a fact as a parent, man, my kids are going to do what they're going to do. But it's not going to stop me from praying for them. It's not going to stop me from telling them, Bobby, you don't got to do that. You don't got to go that way. Honey, this is what I am praying for. I'm praying that you don't have to do that and go that way. I'm trying to... Listen, my daughter's here somewhere. And so is my son. And uh, I'm a grandfather as well. And my daughter wanted to go away to college. And I said, no. Now, I know she was a little uncomfortable about it because you know what it is. They want to be 18. They want to roll on their own. See, but I've been there. I know what college is about. <laughs> I know all about fresh meat. And I said, honey, I want you to stay home because we're not finished yet. Give me till at least you're 21 so I can pour into you what God has given me. And I know you're going to be okay. I tell my son the same thing day in and day out. I said, Pop, you ain't got to do that. And I asked them these hard questions. I talked to my wife. I talked to my mother. I talked to my sisters. My brother, I haven't heard from him in about a month, texted me yesterday. He says, man, I was honored at this dinner the other night. And I said, man, you're a great father. God has truly been good to you. Continue to reach out. You know where I've been and what I've done. The only reason that I'm doing what I'm doing now is because of Jesus Christ. And he said, thank you. You've always been a great example. That didn't happen by chance. His story is my story. 
He wanted me to do something and become somebody. And God wants you to tell your story, but you can't tell it if you're not living that story. If you exchange one outfit for another, all you're doing is a bit actor in a very bad movie. Your story's been penned in heaven. Let him direct your path. Let him lead you. The way it started, it's not the way it finishes. But the way it starts. And if you learn from that and you grow in that, God will do something amazing in your life. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I pray that you have not been distracted and that God was able to speak into your life. That each one of you have a story to tell. That this story has been penned in heaven. But you have to be real about that. Now, I don't know if you don't know Jesus Christ in this room. And maybe you're here for the first time. And I cannot close this service without asking you that question. Today, you can receive Jesus Christ into your life so that your story can take a different turn and where you can become a bit actor in the grand scheme of the direction of God himself. So if you're in this room and you do not know Jesus Christ, it's not a coincidence that you were invited. I have to make this invitation. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone, you, me, to understand that. You need to embrace this truth. That today God is knocking on your door, the door of your heart, and saying, let me in. And let me change a direction of your life. Let me do for you what you can't do for yourself. So if you're in this room and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, right there where you are, just raise your hand and I will pray with you. I will pray with you and you will never be the same again. You will never have to worry about that no one's got your back. Because Jesus has got you. Man, stop running away from him. Don't stiff harm him no more. Let him lead the way. Let him lead the way so that you can follow. I'm going to say a prayer now. I'm going to ask everybody who has heard. I mentioned the word burning desire, and I don't want to be misconstrued with anything else. The burning desire I want you to leave this place with is a desire to tell your story. Some of you have a platform, access to places I do not have access to. And God has allowed you, the people in your life, so that you can tell your story. They knew you back then. They knew you when you were all messed up. There's something different about you. Tell your story. Tell it. Share it with people. Let them know what has happened to you, what is happening to you. Because it's all about Jesus. Glory to God. Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is a moment in which a transaction takes place between the person sitting in that seat and you. I pray that they would allow this message to nestle in their hearts and provoke them to share their stories. To be real. To realize those things that hinder them. It's not about them. It's about you and what you've done through them, in them, and around them. So, Father, I pray that today you would touch our mouths and give us the boldness that we need to be able to go forth and share. Share our stories with those who are around us. Invite those who are far from God to a place where they can learn about their purpose and their lives. Lord, we can't do it without you, and that's why we're here right now. I pray this in Jesus' name. I want to end this service the way we started it. I want to end it by worshiping. So we can all stand to our feet.